Yo, today's QOD is Go Beyond Ordinary. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Dr. Wayne W. Dyer on the show today, and he's going to talk about that drive that all of us have, really, to live an extraordinary life. Sometimes we, actually most of the time, we shut down that desire to live a more than ordinary life. We feel guilty about it. We feel shameful. We don't want to stick out. But the thing about that drive to be extraordinary is that it comes from the soul. It comes from the spiritual side of you. If your spirit is for expansion and more expression, then that has to mean, like, it has to mean that it wants you to live in an extraordinary way. So I just think it's this this thing that we have to embrace. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be extraordinary. Here's Dr. Dyer. We were all conceived and born into a world and a culture in which we were raised to be ordinary. And ordinary isn't so bad. I'm not here to put down ordinary and average and fitting in and all the things that ordinary comprises. It's just not what I want for me. And I got the mic tonight. So, and ordinary really means, um, it means fitting in. It means getting along. It means becoming a good citizen. It means um, filling out the forms. It means paying your taxes. It means having your children and providing for them and taking care of them and uh, going to work going to school and getting good grades and graduating and your family and doing all of this all of this these ordinary things and then getting to the uh, later stages in your life where you become a grandparent and then you live your life through your grandchildren and then you die and and this isn't an, an indictment of that. It's, um, it's for me an awareness that if I put my hands here about at my waist, I am speaking about ordinary consciousness. And where I would like to take you tonight, where, where I have been taken in my life, particularly in the last year or so, and particularly in the last decade or so, um, is to a place that I call extraordinary awareness. And extraordinary awareness is, um, it encompasses all of ordinary. So that you're listening to an ordinary man. I fill out the forms, or I get somebody to do it for me, <laughs> more like it, um, and I pay my taxes. And um, I've provided for all of my children, 
And um, and I went to school and saw that they went to school and was there for them as much as I could be and um, did all of the things that we would say constitute ordinary. <clears throat> but extraordinary doesn't doesn't stop here. See, this is where it stops for so many people. And they go through their life with this, um, remember the Barbara Streisand song? Is that all there is? And there's this, this sense that, uh, that there's more. There's a calling. There's something in me that is, transcends the physical, that transcends ordinary. And this something that um, wants to move us to this extraordinary level out here is, um, is beyond the ego. Everything I've spoken about here is, is the ego. It's the striving for, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's an identification and a belief in my identity as a physical being and believing in what my physical self tells me is my reality and evaluating it on the basis of what I can see and touch and feel and smell and hear so that it's my senses, my, my sensory self is here. But this up here, between ordinary and extraordinary, where I believe anyone can go at any time. Here we are with E.E. E. Cummings, another favorite poet. He said, to be nobody but yourself, in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you just like everybody else means to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. This is how the poets think. It's about going beyond average. It's about going beyond ordinary. It's about recognizing your own divinity. It's about understanding that there's something inside of you that is calling you. <clears throat> it's your spirit, it's your soul. And your soul, your spirit, is here in the distance between here and here. And your soul wants something very, very different than your physical body ego apparatus wants. It, it's really, it's not interested in fitting in. It doesn't care whether you're right. It doesn't care whether people like you. It doesn't care about whether you're a good citizen or not. I wrote these words out the other night. Let me share them with you. It says, I said, the ideal, because I'm gonna write about this, the ideal of the soul, the thing that it asks for, is neither knowledge, nor light, nor happiness. The ideal of the soul is space. The ideal of the soul is immensity. The one thing it needs is to be free to expand, to reach out, to embrace the infinite. Yeah, the ideal of the soul is infinity. It is, <clears throat> it is miserable when it is circumscribed and restricted. 
the soul is not finite. What is finite? Finite means it has a beginning and it has an end, doesn't it? So it's, that's it, it stops here and it's finite. It, the opposite of finite is infinite, infinite. And what is infinite? What does it mean when something is infinite? It means that it is always expanding, right? It doesn't stop any place. It is always growing. It's like the universe. It's just infinite. What do you think's at the end of the universe? Just try to imagine a finite universe. And we come up with, well, what would be at the end of it? <laughs> and what we think is at the end of it is what? What is there, a wall? <laughs> if there's a wall at the end of the universe, the poet would ask, what's on the other side? <laughs> and where does that end? So this getting in touch with this infinite part of ourselves is really the part of us that says, there was a song that was popular when my mother was a young woman. It was called, Don't Fence Me In. <laughs> oh, give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Remember that song? All the old folks singing. <laughs> My daughter's looking at me. What is he going to do now? He's going to embarrass me. <laughs> we don't want to be fenced in. Now, before I had any children, I had eight theories about how to raise children. <laughs> I even wrote about them. Now, we have eight children. I have no theories. <laughs> But the one thing I know about raising children is this, that nobody likes being told what to do. <laughs> right, Sage? <laughs> I was telling the story of uh, you, honey, um, on Mother's Day, one year at a restaurant where we were all there, my mother, Marcy's mom and dad, and we were all there. and and. Um, Sage is, um, in a lot of ways, like me, the, the, what I call the, I tell this story at every talk, so I might as well hear it, the scurvy elephant. When I was in a foster home back in Mount Clemens, when I was about six or seven years old, I came home from school, and Mrs. Scarf, who ran this home, had this home that a bunch of us lived, and I came home and I asked her, what's a scurvy elephant? And she said, a what? And she said, a scurvy elephant. I mean, I said, and she said, well, where did you hear that? I said, well, I heard Mrs. Poole, who was my third grade teacher, talking to the principal, and she said that uh, Wayne Dyer was in her classroom and that he was a scurvy elephant. So she got on the phone, called the principal, and the principal said, oh, no. And she said, that's Wayne. He gets everything mixed up. <laughs> she didn't say that he was a scurvy elephant in her classroom. She said that he was a disturbing element. <laughs> in her classroom <laughs> and I always love to say that so a scurvy elephant is uh, and my teacher Abraham Maslow used to always say to us um, you know the, the number one marker of self-actualizing people is their uh, their independence of the good opinion of other people they're just not interested in being told what to do I watched on the um, on my <clears throat> iPad, <laughs> which I just got, um, 
and it um, it had a, uh, uh, a commencement address by uh, Steve Jobs at Stanford University. It was a 15-minute, and I just sat there, and before I meditated, I <clears throat> listened to what he had to say. This immensely scurvy elephant who really, I mean, just passed away a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, many of his biographers now saying that he's up there with uh, Thomas Edison and Benjamin Franklin and uh, Alexander Graham Bell, people like that. I mean, he really changed who we are as a people and how we communicate with each other. And his advice to the whole graduating class at Stanford was, don't live somebody else's dharma. Don't listen to that inner calling. And whatever it calls you to do, listen to it. And don't pay attention to anybody telling you what's possible or what's not possible. Or just <clears throat> fight for it. All right, that was Dr. Wayne Dyer. His website is waynedyer.com. You can watch today's talk on YouTube. It's like three hours of different talks. It is called When You Start Thinking Like This, You'll Win Wayne Dyer Motivation. That is it for me. I'll see you tomorrow for Throwback Thursday and Robin Sharma. Hey, follow me on Instagram at Sean Croxon. If you do have a chance, please leave a rating and a review for the show on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. I appreciate it a whole, 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 whole lot. See you tomorrow. Peace.